0: This is Talking Hardcore, the podcast for people who love hardcore history. You study history because it allows us to understand the present and prepare for the future.
1: I'm not trolling.
0: Okay. I love it's, it. I'm, I'm just
1: beautiful. pointing out where they're wrong.
0: The Talking Hardcore podcast is presented by Ace Industrial Solutions. Are you in need of skilled trade professionals for your next project? Look no further. Specializing in commercial and industrial buildouts. Floor coatings and coverings, high-speed concrete polish, floor cleaning, shot blasting, painting, energy efficiency, and pallet racking. With a proven track record of excellence, they have become the industry leader. To find out more, please check the link in the description. All right, you're watching Talking Hardcore or listening to Talking Hardcore. I'm George. I'm Scott, and we're here with Matt. Matt, the author, <laughs> the author, and. Future trivia question maker. Yep. Uh, hopefully. Uh, yep. Matt Bella, who is one and one in the hardcore history trivia. Oh, if you haven't checked out those episodes, two everybody. One. Two and one, excuse me. That's right. He's mopped the floor with Scott twice. <laughs> and then lost to me in sudden, sudden, sudden death. Yep. <laughs> right. So, anyway, we're here today a little bit different than what we normally do. Instead of talking about an old episode, or a different thing. We actually have a new episode of Hardcore History to talk about, so we're all a little yes. bit pumped up. Uh, we've been listening to this audiobook basically for the last couple of days, and we've all finished it, or Scott's almost done. It's is only that, six and a half hours. It's only six and a half hours. It is legit an audiobook, and I love it. I think his audiobook isn't that long. is isn't as long as the six and a half hour episode. Like, anyway, but so today we're going to talk about that. Uh, it's Twilight of the... Asher? Asher, As- is that how you say it? Azir. Aziers. As- 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 Twilight of the Aziers, part two. So if you haven't listened, you're probably going to want to come back to this after you listen to that. Otherwise, there's going to be a shit ton of spoilers. I'm going to tell you <laughs> now, we're going to spoil some stuff. But since most of this stuff happened over a thousand years ago, I feel like it's okay for us to spoil it. <laughs> you should already know some of the spoilers. Yeah, but... Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I my I didn't know a lot of this, especially the Russian stuff. So anyway, we're going to jump into it. Um, we're also going to set up a live event to talk about this episode on the Discord channel, so look out for that. We'll have a link in the description. We don't know what day yet, but we're going to have something like that once you guys are listening to this there'll be a day picked for that as well and you can jump into the hardcore history discord that matt runs and come to the live event and we're all just gonna we're gonna discuss we're gonna discuss the new episode so you know save your thoughts for that okay so matt what are your thoughts about the newest episode i think it's great it's an epic history um big
2: kind of zoomed out impression is that it's fantastic that we have such uh, detailed knowledge about some of these battles um, I think he connects it really well to Thor's Angels, which he did years and years ago, so picking up that story. And of course he did a supplementary uh, Blitz mm-hmm. ed- uh, edition on Thor's Angels, so obviously an important topic to him, and something has been in his mind, and he continued the narrative really well, not only from Thor's Angels and the Blitz from that, but also from Azir Part 1. Right. Really brought brought us home. Um, he stretched it out the extra distance, six and a half hours. Even apologizing on 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 social media for giving us extra content, which is hilarious it makes and adorable. no sense to me. Yeah, it, right, 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 right. Yeah, and and um, I'm happy a that we got all this content out of him, and also you know that this chapter has been concluded. And I'm looking forward to what to what he brings well,
0: next. I bet he's walking around like a zombie right now. <laughs> totally maybe or or different maybe he's sitting on the beach somewhere just <laughs> drinking yeah, <in. laughs> yeah just enjoying the life but where's my turkey yeah six six and six hours and 23 minutes i mean that's a it's an audiobook and i loved it it was great may i take a moment um, to introduce my cat dazzler
2: who is now a featured guest of this podcast yeah she's been on a couple times there
0: she's, yeah is hey, it dude or a chick it's a chick yeah oh, chick i guess i should have guessed from the name dazzler. say hello to
2: the world dazzlers everyone say yep. hi to dazzler
0: all right cool mm. Cheers! You got what, a black what, cat walking through the screen.
2: What you, do you, you guys think? Big picture.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, interestingly enough, um, I thought it was awesome. Uh, it touched on some points that I I didn't really know about. Well, things I knew about, and some things I didn't know about, like especially like Greek fire
0: um yeah that's one thing i made a note about was to bring up greek fire holy shit i never heard of that you never heard of greek fire Uh -uh.
1: uh-uh it's in a movie so anyway keep going okay it's in a movie called timeline okay where basically they fax themselves into the past okay a a bunch of archaeologists end up faxing themselves into the past it's actually pretty cool okay anyway
2: um fun what, what what Hey uh fun fact Michael Crichton also wrote timeline i've read that book scott it's a good book, and they made a movie out of it yeah um, oh, I bet that Michael book is Cri- good
0: then. he's a good yeah,
2: yeah 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 Michael Crichton also wrote timeline and he wrote the Thirteenth Warrior, which is mentioned in this episode but
1: well, yeah. that's that's the other one I wanted to bring up, but so uh, right i didn't know i I forgot his name uh the the arab that that ran into some of the Vikings or pseudo-Vikings, if you want to mm-hmm. follow that timeline. Uh, same thing. Um, I think they called him
0: Aben. 13th Warrior. In the 13th Warrior, they called him right. Aben. Um I forgot his real name. But anyway, it, very interesting, the very beginning of that movie. Scott's talking about a movie called 13th Warrior that kind of tracks some of the events that happen, well, it's set in some of the timelines from this episode. Well, yeah, but Ahmad, that guy... Ahmad, Ahmad ibn Fadlan. Yep. Ah. So he he was actually I
1: didn't know it was a real story. You know, as soon as Dan started mentioning it I was like, man, that's 13th Warrior. Uh because right. he, he gets sent out to be an emissary or an ambassador and then ends up meeting some Vikings at the very beginning scene. Man, imagine that. But, but it even shows like these guys like huh. taking this bowl and spitting in it and like washing their hair and their face and Yeah. Blowing their nose at it, and then handing it to the next guy, and he was just
0: absolutely disgusted by that whole yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, I
1: mean, but they washed.
0: <laughs> so, um, okay, or- we got to circle back to that because I have thoughts on that. All right,
2: keep going. We now. are getting ahead of ourselves here. That's yeah. that's a great topic, and I definitely have notes on that. But um, uh-huh. I, I would al- also like to um, to backtrack to more the beginning of the episode.
1: Right. Yeah, i sorry. So the other, you know, no, you're fine. I I thought it was a great episode. Um, just a couple things that, that really stood out that I could relate to from historical things that I've already known about, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know actual factual basis. And that's right. That's kind of what you didn't know they were real. Yeah. I thought it was all
0: bullshit. Maybe real. Right. Or based on legend at least. Yeah. So Matt, you, you, you started right with Thor's angels. That is one of my all time favorite episodes. It fills in so many blanks of what happened after the Roman Empire collapsed before totally. you get to Absolutely. all the way up to Charlemagne. I mean, it's badass. Yes. And then yes. Twilight of the Aziers. One, That thing was right in my wheelhouse. So right on. my favorite hardcore histories are like what you just called this, which is a historical narrative right where he's going broad strokes for the most part. Those are my favorite he fills in so many places that I find holes in my historical knowledge that it just, they really hit me because I like the ones where there's a lot of battles and he goes into the details like in supernova in the East and, and all of those, those Mm -hmm. are great. Sure. But these ones to me are better. The majority of
2: history, there are battles
0: that changed history, you know, but the majority
2: Mm -hmm. of history is procedural stuff and politics and trends and forces and I think yeah. it says a lot about you, uh, that you prefer to dive in deep like that.
0: That's or cool. I, I thank you, I appreciate that, but it's it's probably a little bit less deep than you think. Really, I think of it more of a bang for my buck. I'm I'm okay. learning about eight hundred years worth of history in five hours instead of yeah, straight up, instead straight of up, a, a year's worth of history. You know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of like gimme the, the get so Dan does a good job in this episode and in every episode of hitting the high points yep. and he's really good. He does at picking out what are the interesting points. <laughs> a lot of people are going to pick out stuff that is boring and he just doesn't do that. He picks out the right stuff to focus on, to tell that narrative. Absolutely. Right? And that, I think this episode's a great highlight of that. Well, he does, he does the
1: broad brush strokes, but he also gets into the little details too. The Not
0: ones that are worth getting worth into.
1: Getting into yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, all the uh, way from like
2: this battle changed this, and then you know this is how lands were reshaped and borders and influences and cultures mm-hmm. developed, all the way down to personal interactions with these with these earls and chieftains and, and you know what uh-huh. I mean, and the, and the the warriors who rose to lead, um, uh, small and larger armies, like personal interact. You feel like
0: mm-hmm. you're right
2: there with them, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, that goes all the way back to Wrath of Cons, right? Absolutely. That, that's the one. I think that's the first of the old ones I bought that series. So out of all the old episodes, that was the first one I listened to, the old series. And I was like, "Yeah, holy shit, you can tell a history like this? Yeah. You know right what on. I mean? And it's right like, on. this is awesome. It's a, it's an oral history Matt, you pointed this out before. Like, Humans have a long oral history tradition, and that's what Dan is doing here. Yep. It's just beautiful that he can record it. So it's an oral history that's preserved forever. <laughs> so and valuable. And so he talked about – on on Twitter the other day, Dan talked about how he doesn't script them. So it's very difficult to break it up into parts or to to do – it makes it harder to do because everything he does is unscripted, right? So they have to listen back to it. Listen listen to it back an ungodly amount of times. And Which keep is amazing. Changing it and, keep, and it is, it's but that's, unscripted. What ma- and that's what makes it feel so much like a conversation. Yep, It feels that's like you're point. talking to Dan and you just can't get it worded. That's <laughs> what it feels
3: like,
0: right? Yeah. But in a non-frustrating way, right? Exactly,
2: exactly, yeah. It's like he's anticipating your questions, and before you ask them, a lot and so of times, all, yeah. all you all you have to do is listen. Mm-hmm. So, right at the beginning of the episode, yeah, I have some sort of some sort of chronological notes here. So, right cool. at the beginning of the episode, he said something that resounded with me, and I believe is important, and which was a theme that was um, continued literally all the way to the end, and very uh, emphasized at the end. And so, what I have is. Um, just how serious uh, other cultures take their religious beliefs. Okay, so Dan's talking about how the Vikings believed in elves and fairies and trolls. They had people called troll-wise who were, Mm -hmm. um, you know, wise in the way of trolls. And they had wizards. And I think that's something really important to understand and appreciate is is just how seriously other cultures take their religious beliefs, which may not Mm -hmm. sound... That difficult when you're saying it but how right you know even, even in the modern world if you're an inherent to a religion or if you're not it may be difficult to understand how seriously other people take their beliefs just as serious as yours or mm-hmm. you know if you have none then it is the it is the world to them quite literally it is how the world works there are influences there are other beings there are higher powers right and this is this is something that i will re- relate To modern events. Now, this may be a crazy association to make right off the bat, but bear with me. But when I hear that, I hear a very similar resonation with commentary on the events in the Middle East that are going on right now um, that I hear from a lot of political commentators. Okay. And and what they are saying is you have to understand These people, what these people mean by jihad, they believe in paradise. They believe that if they kill an infidel in battle, they will go to paradise. This is not some weird cartoonish mythology to them. It is Mm -hmm. the world to them. And without understanding that, you will not understand these people or how to deal with them. And Dan says something like that. He's like, these people, you know, this was their mythology. This is what they believed. Mm -hmm. And at the very end, at the very end, he said that what, what what makes a Viking? I have to say it's their
0: gods. Right. Sure.
2: And sure. So let, just, fa-
0: just and follow – yeah, yeah, Because yeah, go their yeah. gods, we should, we should delve into
1: this because – Well, let me touch base on one thing. Yeah. Just to expand on cool. what you were saying, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I remember doing some research on Iceland after watching a movie, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think it's 50% of the population still believe in elves. Right like on. Mountain elves. Anyway, I just just to expand on that. That
0: was just something yeah. that just stuck out in my mind. Right. Yeah. Well that'll follow up later because he kind of ends the episode with that. Right. But so let's talk about what you just said though. What makes a Viking is their gods. And that's because their gods shaped their culture so much. And to a certain extent, all all of our all religions shape their cultures like that, right, in history. But man, were the Vikings God's pretty interesting, right? Yeah. When your culture is you don't go to Valhalla unless you die in battle and you have mm. to, like, it mm. totally is going to make sure that there's a high percentage of people that are going to be warriors. Well, that's the right. other thing,
1: like, what, and he mentions this, in the, Dan mentions this in the beginning of the episode, like, they never strayed too far from their weapons. Mm-hmm because dying yeah. without a weapon in your hand meant you couldn't go to Valhalla. That's mm-hmm.
0: something that's something that stuck out to me as well. And and so I think if you're looking at history in some ways some people would tell you that culture evolved because they were in such a harsh climate. They were yeah, in such got, a hard place to live. Exactly, exactly geography what I was thinking. Wise, yes. That that made them evolve to be Difficult. this harsh. It,
2: well, it's, uh, yeah, and I was about this. Uh, that's absolutely in line with my thinking. So, I mean, what is? I'm not. I'm. I am i do not want to piss anybody off here, but what is religion really? But you know, a way to influence people's behavior towards a certain goal. And if you're living in the desert intense tents and everyone's in a tribe, and <clears throat> excuse me, hygiene is a problem. You may have certain restrictions on your diet.
0: Or mm-hmm. cultural
2: practices like don't don't sleep with your neighbor's wife. And these have to no. be passed down from a higher power because if just some dude in your tribe is saying them, it's not going to have the same authority over generations as God, the creator of the universe, which, play, which mm-hmm. plays into the very prehistoric notions of higher powers coming from nature or mm-hmm. spirits or our ancestors that we have to understand these people hundreds and thousands of years ago are very much connected to, Okay. Right. So if we look at religion as being an, uh, a conscious shaping of a culture towards a certain goal, then Viking culture shaping people towards a warrior culture must have a root in practicality. And you said it, George, yeah. they ha- they basically, they lived in a very extreme environment where farming was difficult and they had to go raiding. So how do you provide mm-hmm. the impetus for people to engage in that behavior and risk their lives, or trepidatious seas, right. leaving, their, leaving their
0: families, you know? It,
2: it, it's it's your religion.
0: Thing, right. But the one thing I would push back a bit against, though, is when you say conscious, that implies that the person who made the religion, so there was somebody there. I believe like, there okay, were people like that in history. Sometimes. Yeah. But I don't know that we can say that for sure. I don't, th- I don't think all we the can time. say it
2: for sure. No, not all I the time. I think a lot it, of times,
0: yeah. and even if it was started with, well, here's an idea. Let's tell people this. That doesn't change the fact that then that evolved with the culture and sure. changed without a conscious guide right yeah oh yeah so absolutely. the culture shapes the religion and then the religion shapes the culture yeah first, absolutely true the culture helps create the religion or the religion helps create the culture it's kind of a symbiotic relationship yeah but yes, yes. and no yes <laughs> and no because
1: if you look at societally um religions have like this almost the same base rules and if you have almost so, some religions so, well wait a minute so if you have uh, let's not say. ancient if, religions If you have a small community of like 25, 50, 100 people, and everybody starts sleeping with each other's wives, and there's bad feelings, or somebody's stealing something from somebody else, and then that creates more animosity. Yeah, but you're talking about modern religions. No, no, I'm just talking about this is how I think, like the Ten
0: Commandments, right? Straight yes. up Juda- out- Juda-
2: yeah, I was
1: talking about Judaism
2: as well, and I think I was going yeah, sure, going with but this. But look you at
0: take- the Vikings' religion. They don't have the Ten Commandments. No, 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 but they would still have – like they. you I still don't have to keep some did, kind though. of – I don't think they did. You listen to Dan talk about these gods, and you look at the, the Roman gods, right, or the Greek gods. There was no don't fuck your neighbor's wife, don't do any of that – the gods were fucking everybody. Yeah, Odin would come down and sleep this, with your wife is, or husband. So what that's you're <laughs> talking about – that's different. That's a god But doing what it. you're that's talking okay. about is literally uh-huh. the next that's evolution of religion, the monotheistic religions where they were much more of a code of behavior. My- what they started off before that was more like what Matt's talking about where they were literally not not guidelines to behavior as much as ideas and stories that helped create the kind of people – Yes. That could could live in that society. Yes. My point is,
1: what I was trying to make, what the point I'm trying to make is, if you have, let's just say you have 25 people, somebody screws somebody's wife, somebody steals something from somebody else, it creates animosity, it creates bad feelings, and then mm-hmm. people kill each other. But yep. hold on, and then yeah, let's the, hear Scott, the, the elders that survive would say, hey. Uh, if they survived, or people that survived would say, okay, we have to have a baseline of rules so that we don't have this the same thing happen again. We're we're basically cutting down our numbers in half. That's where I think some of this stuff comes from. Maybe not with the Vikings. I don't know about Viking husbandry and how that worked with, you know, people screwing each other's wives or whatever, mm-hmm. but I, I have a feeling that you really didn't steal from your neighbor either.
0: No, they said most <laughs> of the time they went raiding. They, but you didn't and they were very polite when they were in their in their home cities. Right. Well, but we don't know that that's because of the religion.
1: No, right? no, I'm not saying it's because of religion. I think it's a framework for every society where right. well, that, you have to maintain. Yeah, it's a framework for society where you have to maintain at least an equilibrium where everybody's not trying to kill each other. Or, so in, in well,
0: that's the example what society of, is in, in the
1: I,
2: example I of that's um, what
0: civilization not, is.
2: Sorry. Exactly. And, and and religion does hold together civilization. And you mentioned this, um, Christianity equals instant bureaucracy, George. So I think that's a good point mm-hmm. to maybe follow up on. But I think the connective tissue that Scott is touching on is that if you're trying to drive a a, 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 a group of people who, on their own, would succumb to their more baser natures and destroy themselves – then religion can drive you towards survival, and if that means not sleeping with your neighbor's wife because you know the guy in the tent next to you is going to fight with you, or don't don't mix your meat with your milk because it's going to spoil, that that's one form of survival. But if that also means going out and raiding for resources because you
0: live mm-hmm. in an extreme climate, that also means your survival. Right. But what I'm talking about though is hunter-gatherer tribes throughout history. I mean what, we've, what we know by studying them now and stuff is they – people tend to get along with their own tribe, and it, it doesn't need a rigid hierarchy. There usually isn't a hierarchy. As long as you have somebody not being an asshole. What, right. People I – mean... but that's because there's other, back, there's other ways that they deal with that, which is ostracism. Sure. If you get ostracized and, and you live in the, in the wild in a hunter-gatherer tribe, You probably stalk. Yeah, it's
2: very, very not always,
0: but probably. So that's the cultural carrot and stick. There's authorization. So most of the time there's a big incentive for you to not be an asshole without there being any formal rules. And that's really what it is. The formal rules are once society got too big where you couldn't ostracize people. You couldn't control their behavior with social norms, with with pressure from from their peers because they couldn't possibly know everybody. Uh, so then you get to the point where you have to you have to make laws to, to handle sociopaths and, and 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 psychopaths and that's really what what civilization is for is to protect against the sociopaths and the psychopaths
1: I'm just saying I think that that it also applies to smaller groups too
0: right but it works in a different function I that's the only point I was trying
1: to make I was mm-hmm. just trying to relate that point mm-hmm. especially so I'm to gonna, religion I'm, I'm gonna
2: I'm going to relate this to two podcasts and sort of a concept here. So like, um, Andy Stumpf, the former Navy Navy SEAL who does a podcast called "Cleared hot, um, Recently, uh, interviewed Sebastian Younger, who made a documentary about um, a forward operating base in Afghanistan called Restrepo. Documentary of the same name, and he did it on um, on uh, Veterans Day uh, in tribute. Oh, that's that, right. You
0: told us about that? I gotta check that out.
2: Right on. And so uh, he uh, he interviewed Sebastian Younger because uh, Younger has a uh, background as an anthropologist and. Um, what they're talking about there is um, sort of the well. A part of the conversation was the follow-up after war and and how the military will give you this incredible bonding experience. But then when you get out, it's more difficult to process. And then and younger directly relates it to, <clears throat> excuse me, to tribal behavior where everyone went through the same trauma together and then they right. processed that trauma together. Okay, right. And that is a big experience. Is is that <clears throat> you are doing everything together and so that kind of weeds out or it prevents psychopaths from occurring because you don't feel ostracized now um the martyr made podcast is done by daryl, Coop, daryl cooper a uh, navy veteran and um uh, mm-hmm. Jocko willing Jocko willing former navy seal uh, uh, i'm sorry um on the modern made podcast recently he actually had a conversation with um Daniele Bellelli, who is, uh, does right. history on fire, right? He's a friend right. of Dan Carlin's. Okay, so they did a converse, they did a podcast episode on the Mermaid. And um, it's a bonus uh, subscriber feed, I believe. And so they just basically recorded one of their phone calls because these guys talk about cool stuff all the time. And they're like, why don't we record this? And the episode is actually called, "What well, we should record this, okay? So mm-hmm. they're talking about tribal behavior way back in the day, and it's sitting around the fire telling stories. And in the background, is just complete darkness and out there is lions roaring and reptiles sneaking around and death right so like that is the bonding experience that is the prohibition against being ostracized from your tribe because if you're ostracized from your tribe exactly you're going to be on your own and nobody survives alone in that kind of environment
0: well most people don't right yeah but then maybe one guy does and he goes kidnaps a woman and makes a whole city you know what I mean, like yeah, that, that, maybe that maybe yeah. that was uh, the the guy who founded Rome. You know what I mean? Who knows? Without
2: my, minus the kidnapping, I, that probably would have been me. I Would have been like, "You guys are mean to me. I'm going to start my own city with everything <laughs> and cool." And then died, got eaten. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eaten.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, at least you could rest assured that at least they're not getting a lot of meals out of you. Whatever's eating you, right? <laughs>
2: so just just following it's up not from the religion a lot of
0: calories. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a slender guy. So this following up from the religions thing, the next uh, thing that stuck out to me was that Dan said that Scandinavian religions were proprietary to those people and not able to be shared by other cultures. Literally biologically connected right.
0: to, to the Scandinavian people. So, Which is you know, interesting. interesting. And I it don't is inter- know of it is interesting. cultures. Like the Romans, I don't think – so they had a pantheon of gods. The Greeks sure. did. But I don't think they – believed like that right i don't think they were like no you can't worship jupiter it's like no go ahead yeah sure you know it wasn't like christians where they were literally trying to spread the religion and in the context
2: of dan's theme of christian integration into scandinavian culture and religion Mm -hmm. that is a very interesting point because okay you're not going to be accepted into a viking clan and become one of us and maybe we will very much disdain the opposite happening where oh you're a follower of odin prove it but christianity was accepted into their pantheon and and Mm -hmm. i I, one thing that really fascinated me about thor's angels was the the depiction of jesus in viking culture like he had they found out like a carving of jesus with an axe in his hand right yeah it was pretty much assimilated or spear yeah yeah, right
0: very awesome yeah Mm mm-hmm it's it more like that. A warrior, you're yeah. right, Matt. That was my favorite part of Thor's Angels, too. Like, how much Christianity changed when they were impacted by the French and the Germans and then the Vikings. Like, it completely changed that religion. And it's very interesting to me. Also, changed the people. Yeah. It pacified them a bit, I think you could argue. Is there but... something malleable about
2: Christianity that allows it to be so assimilated because not you know other maybe religions are more hardcore and extreme i would say that christianity may have been more Hmm. extremely peaceful in that context but yet it was radicalized to suit the ideologies of the vikings and other cultures so is there something unique about christianity that has allowed it to adapt and so
0: become so widespread i don't know i mean seems like if anything you would look at judaism and see how it's kind of adapted to become christianity and islam a little bit too right
2: so when i look at ancient religions i see the individual po- uh <clears throat> polytheism uh mm-hmm. as being individual representations of emotions biological functions or intentions okay you have the goddess of fertility you have the goddess of the harvest you got right. the goddess of the su- sunrise right and then monotheism Lightning. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then monotheism sort of incorporated all of these under one umbrella, and the narrative of Christianity will be, oh, that's part of us, you know, because – You know, Yahweh is everything, and (laughs) so everything is contained within that. And so it kind of can find a narrative to suit any purpose. And I you know, I'm not sure how the how the Christian Orthodox religion reacted to the depiction of Jesus by the Vikings at that time. But I bet they weren't disappointed to have so many more followers, no matter what they were doing with it.
0: It was a deal with the devil.
2: Not with the devil. Right. But I mean, that's it, was, good, it was a compromise. A good way, that is a good way of putting it. That is a good yeah. way of putting it. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was definitely a compromise. Like, okay, wait a minute. Yes. Okay. You get baptized. Dan talks about this. It was great. The he monks does. there. Yeah. When the monks are there and they're telling these stories from the Bible, but changing them into Viking type character right. sagas. Totally, right. totally, right. man. Fascinating. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, you they have to do to. that. Yeah, make a relate with, to, relate to your course. audience. Yep. Right? that's how yep. you're
0: going to sell them on it, right? Right, right. And you then you would have mass baptisms, right? And then most of those people would still go back to believe it. Well, they he never talks about he talks about that, like when mm-hmm. after
2: Rolo, um, and we're jumping ahead. I got some more stuff before this, but sure. um, when like uh, after Rolo and like some of the uh, Vikings were, you know, forced to like go through the Christian rituals, they did not take them seriously, right? right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and right. then they definitely did revert to. And uh, I think even Rollo, or was it another guy who um, kind of hedged his bets? And he's like, okay, I'm going to donate a bunch of money to the Christian church, but I'm going to sacrifice 100 Christians to my pagan gods just in case. Was it the
0: <laughs> Russian dude? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it wasn't. I wish well, I, 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 think I it was down the his Russian name. dude. Yeah, that was a good one. No, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he, 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 <laughs> he, he donated a bunch to the church and then he also had 1,000 Christians beheaded right just in case just in case odin was real right? well and dan even brought up Think how kinda, fucked up that is dan brought up in the episode
1: like kind of like how the cons would do it yeah mm. well they, they might have not have participated but
0: they, they... wanted you to pray for the con. right but this is a little different this is okay personally is, wanting to i might yeah. you might be right and jesus might be real and if he is i'm gonna say my prayers to jesus but just in case he's not real I'm going to behead a thousand of his followers. Like, that's not going to piss him off. Uh, like, I, think, I, about, I, think about how that makes no sense. I, I that's see hilarious.
2: That, I see that as being the reality of the afterlife, as being incredibly important to these people, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, that is somewhat in contrast to the Khans or the Romans who merely wanted stability, stability in their empire and were willing to allow any religion to function as long as it did not disrupt that stability.
0: And I think – Persians as well. Well, and I think that was... Straight up, straight up. And it was because those those were not empires yet. And partly, we talked about this, but partly the way they became empires and kingdoms is by harnessing Christianity as a structure. Because they didn't have like a Roman system of city-states and there was all this structure already, bureaucracies. Look, at Asia's had... It was easy to conquer Asia because once you took over, right, they already had all this internal structure of competence for taxes and all that revenue and all that stuff, right? Mm. Well, they didn't have this stuff in Scandinavia. They didn't have yes. that stuff in Germany, right? So Christianity would be the way that you could just – Dan Dan says this, and that was the best quote. He's like, Instant bureaucracy. Just add Jesus. You already mentioned that, Matt. That's what it was because, okay, so we add Jesus. We get churches here. They collect the tithes. They send that up to the pope. Well, or they send it up to the bishops. The bishops give it to the king, right? And the king takes his cut and sends the rest to the pope. But it's instantly all the structures that we have developed. But just done through one one religious organization. Yeah, that's a good point. That's
2: probably a very large part of the the success of Christianity in that time when borders and kingdoms were being reshaped and um, also due to the time period, like you said, George, after the fall of the Roman Empire that was kind of holding everything together. The Catholic Church Mm -hmm. really held things together um, as far as being being literate and writing letters um and and uh just the structure of government generally um Mm -hmm. the the black the black plague uh took a huge toll on that and the quality of the church church. yeah began began to degrade after that but um Mm -hmm. the structure of civilization as held by the church for so long is an important point
0: yeah yeah i mean that that gave society structure and without the structure there is no society right so it's very interesting but Okay, let's get to the fun part of this episode. Okay. The crazy Vikings and the Rus, all that stuff, right? When they're. St. Olga? Olga? Yeah, was it. No, what was the one you you said your mother in law was telling you about? Yeah, St. Olga. St. Olga, right? Like, those stories Dan tells are amazing. (laughs) Which, a little
1: background. So, my mother in law and wife. Uh, were to ask me if I, Russians. they asked me, yeah, they're Russian. So they Sneaky asked me Russian. if I knew who Saint Olga was, and I, I don't even remember. It might have been before or after we watched the Thirteenth Warrior. My mother in law started talking about Saint Olga, and how her husband was slain, and then she just basically went on a rampage and just killed a bunch of people that were killed off the opposition basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, oh yeah, she she got guys drunk and then had her men slaughter them or. Set you the know, building on fire. Set the building on fire with them and um, buried them alive. Like they, they just – they told me all kinds of they, – they told me those stories. And they, as I'm listening to the episode, I'm like, oh. So cool. Yeah, so cool.
0: yeah So cool, man. So that – what tells you is that that's still taught Absolutely. in Russia Yes. literally 1,200 years later. it's amazing. That's well, amazing. And it survived communism because nobody was allowed to believe in religion. Right. But wow. that was before she was – before she was, and that's probably why it survived. Because they're like, look at what badass shit we did before we became Christians. Exactly. Nobody fucked with us then. Well, see the
1: right? Rus, but yeah. Dan even says that the the Rus weren't Russians. The Rus were Swedes. Right.
0: But then you know the well, it was it was a combination of the Swedish overlords taking over, yeah, the Slavic people and then ruling them. So you're kind of you kind of think of it kind of like. Alexander the Great or Ptolemy, maybe you know, ruling Egypt. Yeah. But long enough that they really did become Russian. Yep. Yeah. Because that was 1,200 years ago. Well, then you have a lot of Viking blood in Russia today. Yeah, we're talking you about always or, did, right?
2: We're talking about Scandinavians becoming European, you know, Western Europeans. We're talking about Swedish becoming Russians. We're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, you know, the Anglo-Saxons and, and, and yeah, cultures mixing and, and, right. and changing and legacies, you know, and the, you know, Germanic kings in England. And
0: right. it, so, it really is a fascinating uh, period of history. So this episode, it really does split it up into two parts, right? There's the parts where the Scandinavians are, are, are running amok in England. Nope. And then there's the parts where they're running a rough in the east and kind of creating Russia. Yep. which yeah. is a fascinating way to think about it, right? So, like, two large-ass world powers were 100% shaped in large part by the interactions with the Vikings in the early or the late 900s to the early 1000s, really in large – no, I mean, before that even. I mean, this is really from, like, the seven or 800s to, like, eleven hundred gotcha those two giant cultures in world history known for different traits right the british look at how much they accomplished when they were just this little island right mm-hmm. how much of that is because they had that scandinavian just badassery <laughs> and then the russians hard to conquer right on their own territory Not, yeah right so. on their own territory hard to conquer and you wonder They share some blood there. Yep. It's interesting. Historical
2: arsonists, that is a common theme in Dan's work, and the Vikings – that's a Mm -hmm. note I have here. The Vikings were proven very much to be historical arsonists, and that means Mm
0: -hmm.
2: that this outside force comes in, sets fire, causes destruction, disrupts things, and when things settle down through the effects of that disruption – Everything's different. Everything's different, and and it really forms the world we we live in today. Um, But Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes for the better, sometimes when you are living through it, it's probably through for the worse. I mean, but sometimes it does. Sorry, sometimes it does provide. Sometimes it does provide order. um, Just very specifically, as far as uh, Dan's comments in this episode. uh that uh the d- disparate kingdoms of England uh you know were sort of fragmented when the Vikings came in and started conquering it allowed things to be um, unified and that is a mm-hmm. theme in um wrath of the khans where the, yep. the the Mongols were invading and this is in places like poland and these little kingdoms these little petty they had a petty their petty squabbles and they're like mm-hmm. oh you're being invaded. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your troubles. Oh, I hope it works out well for you. I have no troops to send. I'm tied up with my own things. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it we'll see how it goes and clean up the mess. And then the right. trouble comes for you. And they were unable to unify. And right. the, you know what I mean. So so we they were all still a, tribes. That's absolutely was just correct. Larger
1: version Tri- of tribes. Yeah, that's what feudalism is. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the same. So you'd, you'd want to talk about like Russia and England, right? Russia was constantly invaded. So whoever was left had to be good at the defense and stubborn and not you know and, and a badass warrior too, but the same thing with England, England had been conquered so many times by so many different peoples whoever was left standing had to be the cream of the crop right so that just to just to expand on what you said earlier about
0: mm-hmm. England and russia right it, 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 that's the other thing it sharpens it sharpens humanity. The people who came out on top in those regions had some damn good genes because yeah. they survived some crazy times. Yep. Right?
2: But then you Whereas get the, the same thing. Whereas the people who you... were
0: on top in France hadn't survived crazy times for a while. You know, That's a good by point. By that yeah. point, right? Right. So and it you, happens. You, 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 diluted, you diluted the, the sharpness. That's exactly.
2: That's exactly. That's a very, very important point of this.
0: Um, Same thing happened in Rome,
2: right? That and in the Mongol Empire, where they had to send, they had to send people back to the steppe to learn how to be hard again. And Dan, very much in Twilight of the Azer Part Two, he says this. He says um, that, that. Okay, okay. The Vikings, their main advantage was sweeping in from the sea, right? Mm-hmm. shock rage shock and awe we're gonna take your stuff you know you've never seen anything like this mm-hmm. we're gonna take all your stuff and we're gonna leave and you can't get us because we live far away across the ocean nobody knows where once they right. started being being like okay we're gonna stay either they are, either they are granted these lands as a boon mm-hmm. for their some you know for their their treaty that we won't attack you anymore or whether they just, mm-hmm. they just stayed there they did settle down in close proximity to the people who they were formerly and in some cases currently raiding, which right. removed that advantage entirely. Okay. So maybe not being soft. There is an aspect of that, but that advantage is removed. We're now, oh, you want to go raid your neighbors. They can come right back at you. And it changes the, reason the, they the were dynamic still successful
0: completely. Yeah. Is because they were still closer to that savagery yeah. and less cooked. Well, in yeah, one that, thing, that's a Cooked. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love like that, that term. term. Yeah, yeah, me too. Dan, yeah. OK, if you don't know what I'm talking about in, in the Wrath of the Cons, Dan talks about this Chinese term he talks about in this episode, too. Yep. The Chinese would talk about the tribe step people that live closest to them. The goal was them when they were introduced to new step peoples, it was to cook them as fast as possible. And that yeah. means get them civilized, get them less savage because they were way less dangerous. And, or they and cooked, you see that they cooked or uncooked. What I mean? What does hist- European history except that? Right. European history is just the cooking of all of these different tribes until now. They're all pretty damn cooked. <laughs>
2: the Pax Romana was the cooking of you mm-hmm. know all its provinces it, that was enforced civilization. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but where the, where the Chinese were unable to conquer the Mongols, so they had to do it—you know—applying them with with this or they and that, or the they still
0: would cook them as and, they and were then, being and, led by and, them. even, Right, right, right. Those yeah, dynasties, absolutely. Yep,
2: yep. And, they're and, and, still that's continuing, exact, and that's exactly what happened in Western Europe. It's like you know they cooked them by placating them with titles and lands and money. Right. And
1: then, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the one thing since we brought up the uh, the traversing the uh, traversing the ocean and going raiding and everything. I couldn't yeah. believe the boats. Oh, like man. He his, said, uh,
2: a very specific note I had. Uh, yeah, go. Uh, please do go into this. But, God, yeah. his description of seafaring,
1: epic. So, like, not even, like, the traditional longboat where you have 50 mm-hmm. guys in it or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm talking <laughs> – excuse me. Geez. Yeah. It's okay. That uh, is so great. I'm talking about, like, the transport ships where he said they held, like, 30 tons. And, in, in my mind, when I'm think, I I believe he said thirty tons, but it was I'm, something
0: like, yeah, it was something like that. So
1: what I'm thinking about thirty tons okay. in a boat going from Iceland made of and, wood and and made of wood in terrible <laughs> waters in the terrible Arctic uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Atlantic waters. You I mean, know they I,
0: were literally the the those. Yeah, go ahead. I brave. just couldn't
1: imagine. I could I, I couldn't even imagine one that they would be able to build a boat that size. What two that would be able to hold that much weight. And three that they're taking this thing across the Atlantic into Europe. Insane, uh, insane. The trepidation, the rogue mm-hmm.
2: waves, as Dan describes them. I mean, he spends oh, a lot of t- he spends a lot of time on just rogue waves. I mean, that was that was gripping. That was so so it fantastic. It was, and
0: I had never even heard that term before.
2: It, wow, had you heard that term before?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a rogue wave. Have you rogue heard wave. rogue waves before? I, I had
0: never heard that term before. I have,
1: but it was from once again movie reference. Right. The Perfect storm.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, that, I don't remember the saying Flunan. that. Yeah. But yeah, they like Any...
1: show this huge, like, fifty foot tall wave, and you just see like the crest
0: of it, and right? It's coming down at the boat. Anyway. So those are a real thing now. We know that, but it's like, what causes them? But a lot of people don't survive. Yeah, but That's... what causes them? That's what I want to know. <sighs> You'd Probably to, multiple different things. You'd have to look at fluid dynamics. Right. And That's what it is. Not, uh, not only it's just some all... asshole whale. No. Like uh, a thousand miles before some whale does something and it, it, just it slowly is flu- builds. It, it, is, uh, it is
2: fluid dynamics, Scott, and it's a, the trends and forces of the oceans. But Dan even uses that term fluid dynamics in mm-hmm. this episode when he describes the effect it had on the boats. And he said, you know, fluid Who's dynamics. carry the to, boats? Fluid dynamics dictates that you know, uh, uh, an object in the water will do what the object is
0: doing, or do what the what yeah. The that water was, is what doing. was really interesting too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like he, get, the he gives the going gives act like the same water that it displaces. Yeah. He gives modern
2: descriptions of rogue waves, and that's just you know, oh, I know kind of it was great. Like that part yeah, was yeah. awesome. It's crazy. Speaking it's of ripping. other things, speaking of other things you never heard of, the incredible secret of Greek fire. Oh yeah. Fucking
1: okay. awesome. Okay. I'll, I'll take, you know, when we get to the point with the movies, I'd like, like to jump into those. But the Greek fire, 100%. Let's go, let's go Matt. Yeah, yeah. I never Run heard of that okay. before either.
2: Okay. So Greek fire was something that I was aware of, and it was a secret weapon. Show And off. It, yeah, for, for, for hundreds of years. And we still <laughs> have not been able to recreate it nowadays. We think we might know what it is. There's kind what of. The, uh, what do they
0: think it was? um so in
2: the episode they talk about pitch mixed with sulfur which didn't sound like it would do the job as well and the way it was delivered in that form was different than what we're seeing uh and that was written a couple hundred years uh later so greek Mm -hmm. fire was like napalm distinct napalm okay it's their
0: version of it right yep
2: sticky sticky fire it was a greek it was an absolutely secret weapon it was okay so what i think about that
0: with wood boats
2: yeah absolutely and so what Dan dives into this, and I love this. Mm-hmm. He's like, this was like the nuclear launch codes being passed down from the president to his success, his a successor. Right. It was that important. There is an actual um speech that like the ruler of the Byzantine Empire was supposed to give and did give upon occasion, to their successor, their son, you know, or their daughter. How to make this shit. Not how to to make it. That was a closely kept secret. But if anyone asks you, if another state ruler asked you for this secret here's what you tell to them and it was epic it was like this was given to this by the gods and one of our generals disclosed this secret and he was struck down by fire and it is right. so terrible that we cannot disclose it at the peril of our own civilization it was literally like passing down the nuclear launch so remember that, this. that important
0: remember this when people tell you that you governments can't keep secrets
2: <laughs> yeah, they, we they could. still don't know how they made this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, That's and, and fascinating. It, it's used in battle the way he describes it where they had like
0: uh-huh. –
2: so there must have been some kind of a pump because they brought out a bunch of old derelict ships and then had this spew the fire once they were surrounded. So how did that actually occur? Were there men on those ships working <laughs> hand-operated pumps? But they right. had the, disp- the dispensers – shaped like like a, like a lion or a dragon and they were coated in gold and out of their mouth come shit that's come awesome. this fire it was just imagine imagine battles, if you're a
0: viking man. and then you yeah, come up to a like, ship what is going and it's on it's got a dragon I on, I on the brow and it's shooting <laughs> yeah. fucking fire that
1: doesn't go given out when your, it touches the water given, right
2: yeah no yeah you dive into the water and it clings to your body and you holy burn, shit that burn, had to be crazy to death burn to right. death in the ocean Right, yeah, you're used insane.
0: to spears, you're used to arrows, but yeah. you're not used to a flamethrower. It it <laughs> had to be, yeah.
1: <laughs> It had to be, you know, and I'm sure I'm sure there's a bunch of speculation, but if it's going to float, it's got to be like an oil-based substance first of all. No, it might
0: it, there's other things,
1: resin, oil. It's got to be some kind of tarry substance. I mean, or you can load right. it in trebuchets and then I don't I know there's there's instances where they put Greek fire and trebuchets, I think. Right, He
2: talks talks about that in this episode, and then he does say the closest they come to a recipe um, that Dan describes is by a female ruler of the Byzantine Empire, writing some couple hundred years after the events described in the episode, but um, says that it was a form of tree pitch mixed with sulfur, and then... The way it was deployed was that they would put it in hollow tubes like, um, like reeds. Like, so you'd put it um, in, at, the ba- at the base, at the back of the tube, light mm-hmm. the tip of the tube on fire, and then blow it into someone's faces, which is not how we see it being deployed in these naval battles or a lot of other right. ways in which Gre- Greek fire is mentioned as being deployed in ancient history. Yeah, maybe that but was that just is... like a
0: one-on-one weapon.
2: I think that was kind of like a very different,
0: smaller version of it. Imagine and, you're charging imagine some fricking soldier. Totally, and they they just totally. like fire they light a pipe. Yeah, and all of a sudden yeah. your or, face is covered in
2: lava. Or being the dude on the delivering end of that, where you mm-hmm. what if you accidentally
0: inhale, <laughs> dude? <laughs> Don't cough. Don't fuck up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy <laughs> yeah, that you. so crazy. Yeah. Oh, what if? Yeah. That's crazy. So, I love that. So the, when he's talking ne- about the Greek fire, that was fascinating. Yeah, the
2: absolute. That was a major feature of this episode for me.
0: Man, so then there was the basically the first king of Russia. I don't think I got that far. What was his, like the uh, Matt. Started Definitely. with an Badass's name. Yeah, it started with an R, wasn't it? But I did get that. I part. can't remember it. I'm sorry. Ah, shit. Well, we anyway, that part was fun um it was it wasn't it olga's son
1: yes it was it was um
0: so just type in saint olga's son
1: that's funny i said it. the first czar of russia was ivan the terrible but that's not
0: yeah because that's when they started calling it czars he he does talk about that in the and episode, it was yeah. united oh anyway what i was gonna say is we're talking about in this episode you're talking about there the battles around kiev and and all of that right and it's interesting because Russia is still fighting for that territory right now, like wow. literally right now. Twelve hundred years later,
2: it is very interesting hearing modern names that appear in the news every day
0: mm-hmm.
2: being fought over hundreds of years ago. Absolutely, uh,
0: a millennia ago. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. not that's not nothing. That's a long fucking time. No kidding. Europe is Which, crazy.
2: It is crazy. Yeah, it speaks to this, the strategic importance of these locations and also to the cultural right. uh, significance right. of them. And
0: you think about it, Europe is crazy, and then you go and you go, well, shit, the Middle East is really nuts because that shit's a couple thousand years older than that. Yeah, and
1: everybody's been fighting over that for uh, ten
0: thousand <laughs> years. Yeah. So the
2: next the next note I have is the influence of women. Um, Dan talks mm-hmm. about this as being, and not only are there strong female leaders, but he talks about. Um, and, and two other aspects, one being that the conversion to Christianity of some of these Scandinavian peoples was uh, uh, due to the women where, like, they would convert first and then getting their husbands to hear about it. And there was actually right. a fe- a female leader who was uh, more influential than that. Right, exactly. Um, and also that when the men went away to war, which Viking uh, – correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the word Viking means – to put down your rake, your hoe, your farming implement, and go Viking, go raiding. So when the men were were going raiding, the women would be holding down the fort for months and months and months at the time.
0: Sometimes even a year, right? Right,
2: right. Very much like women picked up the labor burden during the Second World War in America.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, long time. And that, that makes me think about, too, like, so you have this tradition here in America of these long hunters that would go off into the woods for, like, two years stacking up uh, uh, furs and dropping them off and selling them and be gone for literally leave their wife and their kids for a couple of years. Yep. Daniel wow. Boone did that. Well, and you right? didn't
1: even know if they were going to show up.
0: Yeah. Shit, or man. when. Yeah. No idea. That's loyalty. You better not have married the other guy. You better not have moved on because he might not be dead. Yeah. You know? But, like, there was... There is that tradition in in, the, in history, and the Vikings were a part of that. It's kind of nuts. One was Matt. That is, it is interesting to think about too, because Dan's right. You look at the the growth of Christianity; it almost always goes through the women first, and they either get a king to take a so they'll get married. Like that was back to France. You know the what he talked about it in uh, Thor's Angels. Um, Charlemagne's great ancestor or whatever. What the hell was that guy's? Um, the most badass one, at, like in the 400s in France, that was first converted to to Christianity. Oh, you killed all his relatives and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, Clovis. Clovis. Yeah. Clovis. Clovis yeah. is great. I almost said yeah. Pippin. But, but like, I mean, that I was the that same guy. way with Clovis, right? He he yeah. married a Christian woman and then, yep. Yep. you know, finally she talked and basically talked him into it. Well, he said, if this battle goes my right. way, I'll, you know. Right. It's pretty but ballsy, that might have been a ballsy move. Oh, maybe. Or I, it could have been I, like a. I'm going to say this because I know we're going to win, and this will give me an excuse to shut the woman
2: up. I think you're talking about Constantine there or Clovis. Was well, no. To get...
0: that was Clovis. Clovis did it too, oh, Okay, I okay. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, because that's what Dan pointed out. He pointed out Clovis and Constantine in this episode. It's a traditional – like that happens all the time. Like, it uh, God, if you want me to believe in your God, he yeah. better give me victory because, in this battle, and if he does, because, then I'll convert. Because yeah. that, w- that was very much down to the individual
2: level of how – Hmm. How disputes were decided amongst these tribes is like two warriors would fight, and then if whoever won, well, obviously the gods were in their favor. So Trial that, translates, by that, that translates into divine mm-hmm. favor if in a battle. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah, for sure. But so you think about that, the influence of women because they were usually first, and then even if the husband didn't convert, they baptized the kid, and who, the husband's off rating. Yeah, especially in the Vikings, right? Husband's off-rating. Who's teaching the kid the religion? Straight out. Your wife. The wife that's Christian. So that's why it takes a generation or two, and then it spreads, and then it spreads more in the next generation. And so the Christians were playing the long game. Yep. Right? They're like, yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there in the end.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, knowledge, we'll of that, knowledge of that structure of their society would have been you know an important point in a conscious conscious adaptation by the influencers at that time Mm -hmm. but if we're seeing christianity as a civilizing force which it is uh Mm -hmm. which it was um then we can see women very much in the background of history being a huge influence on the civilization of 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 those
0: societies huge and it yeah Like I talk about all the time, right? I think we've talked about on this podcast before is like they make all the people and then they have a, a large impact on raising the next generation of people, right? Especially in a culture like the Vikings where the husbands are gone for months at a time or years or or years, right? Who's raising the kids, even the sons, who's raising them until they're old enough to go to war? The mom is right. They're giving them that culture. Right, so if the mom is Christian, that kid's probably going to be Christian, and so they're not going to even if they will talk to about Odin to their dad, they'll be more likely to to switch when the time comes or something like that too, right? Again, and it's then, down t- to it's down to survival.
2: Like the mm-hmm. uh, the cultural impetus of the man was to go out and raid for resources, and the cultural impetus of the women was to preserve the next generation, mm-hmm. literally physically, you know.
0: Yep. Absolutely. That's that's born into our species through evolution.
1: Yep. Well, there's your hunter gatherer
0: for you. And
2: <laughs> there were warrior women, though, like fled, uh, I believe her name was, awesome. who, who Dan spends a significant amount of time on. Right. Like there was no. So in that movie. Uh, so popular media keeps coming up in relation to this episode. And I think it's great because there have been some good adaptations. Um, mm-hmm. 13th Warrior being one. Um, I mean, even the perfect storm with the rogue waves. But as far as women warriors, I mean, there's the show Vikings, and it kind of combines a lot of the history. You know, okay. Rolo, is, Rolo is in there. Um, it does show him converting to Christianity when he, you know, uh, gets to Paris. Um, it shows the Vikings raiding in the Constantinople and becoming hired mercenaries as bodyguards. It shows um, the influence hmm. and, uh, and uh, conversion to um, Islam by some of the Vikings uh it it, it also fascinating yeah it also shows warrior women and this is kind of an important point because so i remember when the Vi- show vikings was like in its heyday they were doing companion pieces on it and the the lady who plays um ragnar lothbrook's orig- uh, first wife um the actor uh, who plays her um was doing this behind the scenes thing and they were do- they were doing some uh some uh sort of supplemental material at a museum in 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 um in that area of the world where they would dig up some some viking ar- archaeological sites and she was looking for evidence of uh female warriors and they did find uh you know a, a woman buried with a sword and that kind of stuff so there has been sort of
3: mm-hmm. some
2: some vague uh, historical evidence of women warriors but I think that nowadays and I've actually posted some of this in the discord that there have been more evidence and Dan solidifies it he's like Athel fled. check her out she was an amazing warrior and she and at this time when Viking when warrior culture is very much based around men he makes a point to paint the scene for you that you had men walking up to this woman weighing down their swords and swearing fealty to her
0: Right, but which one was Athelflaed? Was that the one in Britain? I don't remember. I believe she was the one that was – her brother was a king as well, or she was in England. And he talks about that like in reality she probably wasn't wearing armor and going into battle. But she was the strategist tactician. or she was the tactician. I think maybe. you're right
2: about that. Yeah, I th- there might have been if anything, such... she was
0: the moral will and backbone of the people. Kind of like she a gave them the spine. We need to take a break real quick. Yeah, that's no fine. Problem. Scott's got to take a leak. You go ahead. Cool. We'll keep talking. Now you kind you can tell ju- me what you really think about Scott because he doesn't have his uh, headphones uh, on, uh, so uh, you can say it. Uh, and he never listens to the episodes back, so uh, you could say whatever uh, you want uh, right now and uh, he will uh, never uh, know.
2: Uh, Kind no, of like a, a Joan, kind of like a Joan of Arc kind of figure, where she's the inspiration and stuff like that. I see what you're saying. Right. Um. I I think there was two figures like that, but I do believe mm-hmm. um there there were more physically oriented uh sure. women in, just, in that culture.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting to think about that history, and obviously those are going to be those are going to be the exceptions instead of the rule, just by Absolutely. the nature of our of our species. Yeah, sure. Right. Right. That's how everything is. That's why generalizations are stupid. Right. That's why. There's always going to be there's always going to be exceptions to those kind of things, and so you should never you know women can't do this. Well, no, most women don't want to, but some women do, and some women can. And just like with dudes, it's the same thing, right? So it's like it's 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 good to look in history and see the examples of when people the exception. Yeah, Thank the
2: exception you. has stood out. Yeah, and Dan does a great job of highlighting that. He oh, loves yeah. strong. He loves strong women. Look at all well, the attention, you, the attention he's given to Olympias, mother of Alexander right. the Great. He and, likes and, to talk
0: and, about them and point out, hey, hey, who knows how often these were there, and we just don't know the stories.
2: Right. His emphasis on the women being the influential force behind the conversion to Christianity as well as holding down mm-hmm. the civilization – or the, uh, the f- holding down the villages and doing all the work while the men were away at war, mm-hmm. yeah, I think really spe- speaks to his interest in the subject, his respect for women throughout history, as well as mm-hmm. um, providing a really powerful cultural milepost right. for us right. to look to when I- examining – uh, not only how these things occurred, but who has been left out of the history books. Word.
0: And and, and Dan points it out in this episode. What he talks about is what his mom said. It's like, And it's not – you can't say that they were left out on purpose or because of sexism. It's just what do you write down? If it bleeds, it leads. You write down – the most sensational stuff. He does most that. times the important parts yeah. of what a, what the women do in society, yeah, tend not to be the headline making no. stuff. Most, yeah, you're, you're sitting at home
2: rearing the children, but he makes it important yep. by saying, Look, mm-hmm. the conversion to Christianity was a huge deal. Holding down mm-hmm. the fort while you're away at war is a huge deal. Who's doing that? You can't go
0: to war the if women, does like, that, I, yeah, yeah. That's that.
2: a major standout of this episode for me, and I'm glad you brought that up about mm-hmm. the. If, if it bleeds it leads because it, it is another note that i have he approaches these stories from his background in journalism and a thing he said mm-hmm. um journalism is the first draft of history you know and yeah if right. it bleeds it leads we get the high points we started this episode by talking about that the battles you know the peaks versus mm-hmm. the procedural political stuff there's also the procedural cultural stuff that is happening in the background that will that we that is not recorded that slowly
0: change these people,
2: but should be emphasized Just... exactly, and 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 can be alluded to and and understood, right? Um, sort of like jazz, where you're missing the background notes. Well, this must have happened, or else this other stuff couldn't have, have happened. Right. The Vikings couldn't have abandoned their entire civilization, go to to war, and come back and have the crops planted, the babies reared. Uh, right. uh, you know the the the, the animals tended to. Um, these exactly. people were there; they were doing the work.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: They were. That's the reason they could go raiding and come home with fur coats and gold rings for their old ladies. Yeah, straight up. So, Rolo, uh,
2: it, Rolo, Rolo, is a major character in here. And um, one thing that stood out to me was that Rolo, after you know he kind of gotten cooked, he had a mm-hmm. dream of fusing the disparate societies together right. for war for war and the entire kind of vibe of the vikings at that point sounded kind of sounded like the sea peoples to me who yeah. were yeah did, did you catch that too
0: yeah you wonder because we don't really know who the sea peoples were well what if they more, were vikings
2: there, there there's been, yeah they basically were um
0: there's but, been I mean, like worked... actual vikings what if they uh, came around Scandinavian? in a long it, boat if you read and made that all book, the way down there
2: if you read that book um I think 1177 BC the you know the the Bronze Age collapse uh, book right. um that I recommended to you I'll post it in the discord yeah. um, that professor actually does a supplemental lecture on that book it's on YouTube Oh and cool and he he, yeah, he starts like calling out the names of the sea people to his class he's like does that so- sound familiar the sh- Shekesh? the the Mekesh, you know like all these people and he's like these were Modern, you know. This is mm-hmm. how these names were translated, and these are probably these people. And he kind of does break down and oh, identify cool. a lot more, a lot more of the who the sea people might have been. They've kind of filled that blank in. Yeah, yes, and and it was very much more localized to that region. Sure, than might, you know, and and so because it would
0: have been fun to think about it him being a bunch it of it would have been fun to think
2: about it, but the dynamic is still the same. You're coming from over the sea, you're raiding, nobody knows who you are, you take what you want, and you leave, and the Vikings right. had that advantage going for them. That that and, and Rollo's dream of of bringing together, all these disparate societies, very much mm-hmm. struck, struck a chord with me as far as the sea people. Absolutely. But of, co- but of course, once they started settling down and accept, accepting bribes and land and converting to Christianity, they lost that advantage. It became cooked. Eventually. Yes. It took a while, though. It, it took a while. while. Yeah, they were still here's, raiding their neighbors.
0: Well, So here's a great thing. just. Well, here's a thought that just occurred to me. So the steppe people, they were able to affect, be historical arsonists, conquer their neighbors that were much wealthier and all this because they had the horse. Yeah. So the Vikings, their horse was the ship. Yep. Ab- right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so they took So they were a smaller people from a, 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 a harsher climate that was harder to survive. So they were more savage that had a technical advantage, a technological advantage that allowed them to harness their savagery to impact the rest of the world at a much greater amount than they normally would have been able to, and it's the same thing as the Steppe people.
2: It's true, and the river system that they used as a, uh-huh. a highway, a highways to you know, hey, commerce is built around the rivers, so they just yep. their ships up those rivers, hit them, and then retreated.
1: And how the hell do you find your way
0: home? Stars. This...
2: The navigational charts, yeah, uh, or navigational knowledge was absolutely mm-hmm. impressive. I think, I think sometimes, I think Dan makes a point of saying this, it's that very specifically, um, at least some places were found accidentally.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like when Just about, about, about everywhere. How boats were blown by the, the Arctic sure. winds, and you're yeah. kind of, you know, it was only mm-hmm. sails, so wherever,
0: wherever well, it takes you is where you're going. Another thing Dan talks about in this episode that was great is these are the first people that we know of that really started to get away from the coast yeah that's because a, that's such you, a huge thank you, thing thank you
2: thank you that's something i hadn't written down mm-hmm. but had struck i'm glad you brought that up um, right so, so why for so long were these continents disconnected right right it's because it was so much safer to just do commerce along mm-hmm. the coast you know what i mean yeah. he, he even says even the phoenicians the phoenicians the the greatest seafaring people of the ancient world, they basically plied the coast. They just you know, did their thing. Well, yeah, The Mediterranean
0: C- is ju- tiny compared to like a real right. ocean, right? right? So you yeah. could you could go all the way around the coast and make it somewhere to Africa why would without I'm, doing that much. And,
2: and that goes right. all, all, uh, all the way to Columbus where he had to convince these people mm-hmm. that, you know send an expedition across the ocean. Right. It's like, why would I risk a ship, building a ship, funding a ship, insuring a ship, the cargo, yep. the crew? That's expensive, you know, and especially if one mm-hmm. of them or even three, like Columbus was provided with. Like, right. look at it from a cost-benefit analysis, like. Why would I risk all this on this insane venture? And Columbus was wrong about all his navigation from the get go, and the people who sure. were funding him knew that. You know, what I I'm doing just fine around the coast here. You know what I mean? Like that's but the right. the Vikings didn't have that because they'd already raided their neighbors a ton a, a ton of times.
1: Yeah, so they and finally they, had, they, to they, they had to start going further and further, and further right. for more loot. Yeah, but right. Dan does throw a caveat in there about the Polynesians, about how they've now that the, the the waters were warmer, it's more moderate temperature. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah, and then, and then, well, but the Polynesians made it all the way to Chile. But what they talk about wow. with the Polynesians, though, the funny, the, the interesting thing is, is when they were spreading out from island to island, a lot of that is thought to have occurred before the end of the last ice age. Sure. The good sea point. levels were way lower. And so those islands were way less far apart than we think of now.
3: Mm, right. So point.
0: there is some people that will tell you that they they think that they maybe were not actually getting that far out of sight of the other islands
1: gotcha
0: i mean like a lot of that sea the island hopping was happening because you could see the one off in the distance or go out a little bit and see it gotcha because think about how much more land there is if you drop sea levels 200 feet wow and you put pacific, a mile of ice in the pacific yes, not much a lot that's what i'm talking about put a mile of ice above <laughs> us right now in michigan a mile of ice yeah all that fresh water all that water is locked up on top of the surface you're gaining a whole land bridge in the pacific dude yeah that was what 500 miles wide all those islands the pacific no i'm saying the land bridge the barrel or whatever it was was over like a 500 miles wide it's not like some little bridge people it was a continent right yep. almost yeah that's the same thing that was happening in the south pacific too those islands were way closer yeah so it's not like they were getting in these canoes and just going far as far as we 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 don't some some people are at are at least arguing that it really wasn't near as, as impressive as it looks on paper right now. Well, I think it's environmental it now, science. Like, How yeah. the hell yeah. did they get in that little boat with an outrigger and make yeah. it there, right? And you and and it seems insane, but maybe they went boom 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 instead of boom. Yeah. Right. Well. Is a connect the dots, but there'd have to be food on that island too. Yeah, there was trees, there was Maybe. all that shit.
1: As how far the as tree we did
0: get there? The same way trees get everywhere. Birds, Birds eat the seeds and then stop at that island that's when they're traveling and they ship. I mean, but that's how they got there. How far, now. That's how they got there now.
1: Sure, or Think
0: people Hawaii. left them there.
1: Or people left them there.
0: Yeah, but probably not the first ones. I mean, they they look at Hawaii, right? They showed up there. The first people showed up there, and it was—I'm sure there was already birds and and trees and grasses and all that shit, right? Sure. But then, you know, pig were introduced and just left to run wild. Yeah. So, okay. Anyway, this sorry. is a digression, but yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. say this one real quick. So, Meteor Podcast—I like to listen to Meteor Podcast, and they talk about conservation and a lot of stuff. One cool. of the things he mentions all the time is he knows these people that are from Hawaii, and they like to talk about how. They, they mention how people call pigs invasive. When hmm. Literally the first Hawaiians that showed up there are the ones that brought the pigs. Sure. So if the pigs are invasive, so are the fucking Hawaiians. So stop calling the pigs invasive. That's They've been there thousands of Silver years. So sugar. They've sugar been there, wasn't there thousands directly. of years. Like how long do they have to be there before we stop calling them invasive? For sure. Anyway, anyway, that's yeah, a digression. Back to the... I think we should probably get close to
1: wrapping this episode no. up. Yeah. We didn't even – we didn't even talk about the burial, the bi- the like. Oh yeah, okay, cool, cool.
2: Let's, let's finish uh, on wait, wait, yeah. Viking funerals. Uh, let's do Scott's um uh, passion right now, and then I do have something to kind of close this with warriors. in my the yeah, thirteenth yeah. warrior. Yeah, and then I and then I do have something to kind of close this with in my notes. So I think yeah, sure. What's, what's, but, what's, but, what's, okay, what's so let's we'll we'll
0: talk about the Viking funerals, the thirteenth warrior. And no, you talked about. Hold that. On. I forgot. We already talked about that. Yeah, but no, what the you do, you, already, you already talked about the thirteenth warrior.
1: No, oh, you're gonna talk. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. So, um, the I and uh, anyway, the most of the story that that you know that you watch on the you know the Thirteenth Warrior, you watch the movie. It, it, what Dan got into had nothing to do. Well, had very the the first half hour, fifteen minutes of the movie was uh, the the account from the uh, Arabian diplomat, right? Mm-hmm. And then the first fifteen minutes of the movie, the old king dies. Mm-hmm. And they say, mm-hmm. oh, this is the old ways of the burial. And like this, this uh, maiden's being lifted up and she's like chanting something. Now, they don't show her being going back to the burial part. Of the, the...
0: So, in the episode of Hardcore History, Dan gets into the description of what uh, a prominent Viking's funeral would be like. Sure. We yep. all know about the Viking funeral pyres and all that, which sounds badass. But not
2: included is the interpersonal stuff that happened with his clan.
0: The crazy and amount. I'm not, I'm not of... sure
2: how. I'm not sure how graphic you're going to be about that right now. Okay. Oh, Scott. Come, on, come
0: on. In so the she story, he thought... talks about they ask for volunteers, and 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 of maidens to to die with the to burn right. with the victim, or with the dead person. And so when one says yes, then they can't back out. And then they it's proceed a... to get drugged. Drunk, drunk gang-raped, and then murdered. Richard, That's, like, yeah, ritually sacrificed murdered. Yep. and then burned with the deceased person.
2: Yep. So let's just – I mean let's – first of all, kind of, yeah, it is sexual assault. But it's kind of – it sounds horrible, but there is a compliance there. There is a willingness They are saying, I'm doing this because I love you. But think about that poor woman. She knew what she was getting into. But this culture, this culture that says all of my men must have sex with my favored slave prior Mm -hmm. to her being sacrificed to accompany me in the afterlife is freaking horrific. And crazy. The culture that built any sort of compliance into this woman's mind. And Dan Mm -hmm. makes a very specific point that right before she died. She was backing out. She didn't want to go into the tent. but then She might have been, but, then, but she uh, couldn't right, back right. out. And then all that, all that happened, and then the old woman, right. who is who is the angel of death, comes in, and then they put a noose around her neck. Two men tighten it, and then the angel of death woman just starts stabbing her in the ribs. I mean, that, yep. is, that is so hardcore. It's crazy. Yeah. So, that was the, not shown in the movie.
1: <laughs> cir- circling back to right. the movie, the guy actually looks at – uh, Avin is what they ended up calling him in the movie. I- Ibn, which means son of, Ibin. yeah. Yep. It's the word most
2: repeated in his many names.
1: Yep. So you know. Anyway, so he goes. This is the old ways. You know, you won't see this again. Like wow. to, mm. to 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 the diplomat. So anyway, but then the very beginning, it's funny because he's he's going to search for peoples and to to be an ambassador, and they even say the Tartars are coming. The Tartars are coming. So they all start running the other way, and then they run into the Vikings. It was mm. anyway. I don't which know which is freaking crazy to think about. Yeah. yeah, and the rest of the story, I you know, they didn't. Dan didn't expand on that for his two years of uh, hanging out with the Vikings. So I'm not sure. You know, if the rest of that story, Matt, can you do you know if the rest of that story is accurate or is that all?
2: No, honestly, I've always wanted to read Eaters of the Dead, and I've – listening to this episode made me want to delve more into whatever that's based on. So that's going to be my next move, like seriously. I'll
0: report back. Well, when you do that, then we'll talk about it again that sounds interesting. Right on. Okay, Matt, what is your finishing move?
2: So the conglomerate, so the redrawing of borders, Um, Dan talks about in the post uh, script to this episode, he talks about Newfoundland, Canada, like all these Mm -hmm. places. And we're seeing that, you know, this this directly related to me to um, Celtic Holocaust. Okay, because he talks about how these cultures have survived. Like, okay, sure. These people are, are gone. The Vikings don't exist anymore. Do they? The language is there. The borders are there. The names are there. The culture is there. Uh, no, Scott, the Scott's not there. Scott's relative, uh, you know, right. uh, still still remembers Saint Olga. People right. still believe. Still people still believe in elves. Fairies. And, yeah, and, and elves he talks and about elves. that. He talks about talks about that at the end of Celtic Holocaust, where his old uh, babysitter, you know, Dan was yes. so into Roman history that he said, "Yeah, right. but the Romans won." And his babysitter of Celtic descent said. Do they? What language are they speaking over there right now? You know what I mean? So, yeah, we're
0: still speaking Irish, right? Right, culture, right, 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 That's yes. what's interesting, though, right, is because those people, they're not the same people, though. No. They're not because none of us are. They Nobody don't need to is. be anymore.
2: International commerce is provided for the resources. Not anymore. That's to what ancient DNA
0: has really showed us is it's always been like that. And Dan talks about in this episode the exchange of DNA – has always been there and it's just not talked about right slaves one traders all kinds of things but really people were always moving Yeah. and so Hmm. ancient dna shows us that very rarely are the people that were there two thousand years ago very closely related to the people that are in an area now there's a few exceptions but for the most part they're not very closely related any more so than anyone else because people are constantly moving. Yep. Right? That's 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 humans, and there's always been an interplay of humans and an exchange of DNA, an exchange of cultures. And so are the people in Scandinavia Viking? No. Because, like Dan said, what makes somebody a Viking? That's how he ends the episode, right? What makes somebody a Viking? To him, it's he the does. religion. Yeah. You know? And there's not a lot of people practicing that religion anymore.
2: There, there are, there are. Um, not a lot, though. N- yeah, maybe not. And he says that in Celtic Holocaust too. He's like well, Celtic, you know. I'm going to make a T-shirt. Uh, being Celtic is a state of mind. And, right. And so the definition of what identifies as that is, you know, somewhat fluid. But I, I would right. say that. Getting back to the beginning of our conversation, that's kind of what made them Viking in the first place. Is their religion. right? right?
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. If Dan's right about that, then there's not. Then the people in Sweden and Scandinavia, Dan, they're not. They're not Vikings. Well, so and well, if you look at what, sorry, real quick, I'll finish, and then you can finish us. But you look at what these Vikings were like, and then you look at what Scandinavians are like. You're like, those are not Vikings. Thank God they're not. I don't know. You're we should to, be happy they're not. No, you go to Iceland and you get like Hapthor. That is not that the is, same thing. Are they? they're not they're cooked sure they're cooked he's cooked that's what you want those are not vikings Cook. vikings are not cooked but by he's... definition a viking is an uncooked savage sure so if you have cooked people they're not vikings anymore which is great cuz we don't want to world just like we don't want pirates we can people like to talk about buccaneers and pirates and celebrate that shit like it's fun right pirates suck Right, you don't want a world where there's a lot of pirates just like you don't want a world where there's vikings. That's not good for any of us.
2: So well, let's not call them vikings then. Let's call them, you know, something under the term of Scandinavians and the culture uh, what Dan's episodes on this subject have shown us is that there was much more to these people than the barbarism that it was a, a matter well, of that. Yeah. And that that culture is very much still alive.
0: You're right. That's a good point. There is there is still the the civilized aspects of that culture did not leave and they were they slowly cooked away the savagery just like all of us literally all of our cultures yeah that's that's it all the cultures well we are cooked about...
2: yeah go ahead. go ahead no no I, we are cooked versions of our former selves and we need to realize
1: that that's something you know it's good. work yeah it is good but matt i have an, i have a point that i'd like to bring up how much would it take for us to, to revert, become uncooked?
2: Okay, so here's the point. Okay, why did those things disappear from their culture? Because they were no longer necessary. Correct. Right. right. Remove the provisions, the things that are providing us those resources that make slavery and raiding no longer necessary. It's just down to survival, and everyone will absolutely engage in activities that ensure the, yes. survive, the safety of their children the food on your plate at the end of the day civilization but, is a thin veneer yes but religion holds it together to a certain point but religion yes can be used also to radicalize true. people towards warfare it can be
0: but what i would say is what happens when somebody that is a civilized culture has to fight savages historically right that thin veneer of civilization it makes soft men. Sure, right. I, I, it makes soft men. So yes, eventually we would revert being hard men. But that is not the first generation that does that. That's the be. second generation. No. Yeah, man. I disagree. Historically, it is. I disagree. Okay, but historically, it is. I, I would think. Why were Asians? I, why on. was Asia so easy to conquer for the Greeks and then for the Romans? Because those Romans and Greeks were much. Closer to being savages than the Asians were, they had been broke to the yoke of empire for a thousand years under the Assyrians, and so the next guy coming in was like, "These guys are bitches," and they just wiped them off And that's I don't why think, I, because they I don't were. Think,
2: I, I don't think sorry. Persia was incredibly easy to conquer for the Greeks. If you're talking Macedo- Macedonian, uh, yeah, I'm talking about Mas- once
0: you get yeah, once you get so, okay, where so, you get so, Alexander.
2: So, so oh, oh, up until that point, yeah. Uh, well, that's well, what I'm saying, like. Alexander did not easily conquer Persia. He was a brilliant uh, strategist and tactician.
0: But he was and way hit, outnumbered and still hit, conquered them. Hit,
2: that's tactics. On the battlefield, he defeated their king and then went around and then through guerrilla warfare and the right. adaptation of his army to that form of warfare for that environment yeah. swept up all possible right. successors to, to the throne of the king of kings. As far as the Romans go, it, when you talk when you're talking about Asia, you're talking about Parthia. Um, Crassus got his butt kicked. Not a great general, still had the legions behind him. Bad strategy. Right, Parthia wasn't and, the Asia I'm Ant- talking about. Mar- that was Mar- the step Mark- people. Mark-, Mark-, Mark Anthony got his butt kicked. Okay, so how right. far did the, the Romans and the Greeks make it into... into? Well,
0: they, no, but they took over large swathes of Asia, uh, swaths of Asia, the parts that were already conquered, right? Okay. That's what they conquered. It, because it, they were broke right. to the yoke pre-cooked. of empire, right? That's a
2: good point, all right.
0: Right, so there's no denying that... The farther we're removed from uncivilization, the easier it is to conquer us by somebody who's uncivilized. Which would sort of speak to an innate longing for peace safety you know um some sort of hard times make hard men and soft times or easy times make soft men and that's what happens
2: you spoke about that in your previous episode george and scott and i think it was really cool it was an old school toughness episode and it was Mm -hmm. the, the the title of your episode and um I see you've been listening to Sean Ryan. He talks about that, too. Yeah. So when, when we talk about America, I th- I'm i going to be perfectly honest here. I think you, you folks had a lot of generalizations going on with America as being soft. And I think that I because I, I live in a region. I'm just taking this, not the country, not the state, mm-hmm. but yes. the re- region of the You're state. right. That's
0: a great if, point. If, we if, should if have go done down,
2: that. If you go down to Seattle right now. Okay, look what happened with the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And I know people who live in Capitol Hill. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I used to live there myself. And they had the ultimate hippie stuff, good defund the police, and they had some like vegetable mm-hmm. garden going on on the side of the road. Okay, it was ridiculous. Okay, but then you go up to where I live, like everybody has guns and they hunt and we can take care of ourselves over the winter. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's it, it's it's a different and that is a that is a, right. um, that is a macrocosm of America. America isn't soft. Right. We have classes of people who are soft due to the conditions which you've spoken of, George. But right. also but also Andy Stone talks about we have an elite class of people who are volunteering to be right. in our military. And they're very hard people and they're no. holding the fort.
0: Hundred percent right well, there. That's a great point, Matt. Thank you for pointing that out. I America's too huge to break it down like that. Well the, the other thing, since you bring up the military,
1: I have a number of friends that are veterans. Uh, and the interesting part is, or what I've heard many of them say, is they all talk about Valhalla. Uh, they talk. They, I, I swear to God, when it comes to like Viking, uh, like mm-hmm. religious beliefs, I have yeah. heard it more often than not. Right. I've heard that so too. It's like I've the, heard that it's like the yeah. warrior code is what it they're looking at. It kind of right. is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? If you're gonna that kind of a, a warrior lifestyle, that religion. Those ideas are much more suited, much more suited to that culture. Correct. Sure. And it, I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, it makes sense. And that's going to speak to a very ancient part of, of people, of humans, especially certain humans, right? Well, not just Because there's a lot of variation in individuals in our species. And then it's the camaraderie in battle. So right.
1: everybody's going through, like you guys said earlier, you know, everybody's going through the same trauma. Mm-hmm. so you have all the yep. same brotherhood and then yeah some of your friends die and that's you know right I'll see you in the halls of valhalla I've heard veterans say that before right um so anyway I just wanted to kind of tie that into like modern modern um militaristic uh,
0: mm-hmm. behavior or or culture and Matt we'll have to have you back on to talk about that because I think that's an interesting point that I had not thought of and I can see some pushback, but this isn't the right episode for that. Let's uh, let's come on and, and, and talk about that sometime because that, that'll that be a fun conversation. Anytime, man. Cool. All right, everybody, thanks for watching. Again, check the link in the description. We're going to do a live event to discuss the new new episode. Once we're going to give the rest of you normal people time to listen <laughs> to the whole episode, we're assuming you didn't plow through it like we did. So take your time. Yeah. That's why we're talking hardcore guys. So, um, we'll, we'll give you some more time and we'll do that event in a couple of weeks and, uh, look for that. And again, thanks Matt for joining us. We really appreciate it. You guys really make it a lot easier to do this podcast. We would have to do way more work. No, we, well, we wouldn't do the work but the podcast wouldn't be as good. Yeah. I mean Matt you are
1: you are an absolute wonderful contributor. Wealth but, of knowledge. Yep. Oh, Thank you very much. Wealth of knowledge. Yeah, we it's really appreciate it, buddy. All right, yeah, Me too.